and gentlemen, welcome to a very, very special episode of Fresh Talk. My name is Chris. I'm here with Dan. What up, J-Man? But we got guests. We do. We got big guests. We got big time guests. Like Robin Big Big Time? What? what? <sighs> never mind. Robin Big Buddy. Never mind. What do you mean by big? Start big, it over. Oh, <laughs> big, big how? Knocking. <laughs> like big like a clown? Wait. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's Dan Clark just dropping the co-host duties here. Just yeah, fucking it, falling all apart. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Guys, yeah. this is what's happening. We are here uh, today. Uh, please, uh, our guests of honor, uh, first up, who do we have? Oh, you guys aren't introducing? That's what he just did. What the fuck? What do you, what do you want I got to introduce myself. What a drum, <laughs> what do you want a drum roll? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, none other than Army Freshman's guitar player, Aaron Goldberg is in the house. Aaron, right, welcome back. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Good Hi. to be here. Why are we clapping? Ventura, California. <laughs> yeah. God, Aaron's so loud in my headphones. Pleasure to Sorry. be here. That's yeah. stunning. And, but that's not, that's not done. That's not all, Dan. Also here today is none other than former Fresh Talk co-host, Kai Dodson. Kai, Kai Dodson and Fresh Talk founder. I'm Let's back. talk about the breakup yeah. and the reunion <laughs> Ooh, this this is the second or third reunion that's oh. true yeah yeah he's it been wasn't back. really a breakup it was a sabbatical we, we ran out of money separation and needed a tour again yes Behind the podcast. <laughs> it's true but <laughs> had to take care of i'd get my life in order I had some personal uh, troubles right. we're still not done with the special <laughs> guest the hits keep coming that's true our original engineer fresh talk the guy that makes it sound great and the reason why the mics all sound good this week as opposed to that shoddy setup you're pushing over there and fucking the hinterland you think that's on accident yeah <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen john sweeven is yep. in the house what's up y'all but it gets even also, also known as John Swaven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dirty Swaves, Dirty Swaven. Yeah, Swaven, baby. Everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> it, we're not done. The, the 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 Voltron is complete. Army of freshmen, keyboardist. Owen Busey is in the house. Yeah. Hi, ladies. What about Maybe the so second hard. ever. Owen We're all here. We are all Talks here. We are all here, and our shirts of listeners are saying, "What's going on? Is there a major announcement happening?" No. There isn't, but we're here for a reason. We are here. This is a podcast of celebration. This is a podcast of joy. We are here to share stories about our very, very good friend. If you follow us on Facebook, you probably saw by now that a gentleman by the name of Kevin Malick, who was a very, very close friend also knows of Kevin all of us. Kevin Malick, it's true. Um, it passed away um, <laughs> just, oh my God. Two um, weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Um, Kevin, I'm just going to lay it out really quick. You guys Rest feel free to chime in in terms of Kevin and who he was. Kevin was arguably almost like a seventh member of army of freshmen not arguably yeah, he was he was he was he was really a brother to us he was the big brother that he was kind I of a have. fifth member like and I'm, i was like sixth and then millie was like seventh yeah yeah totally it's true <laughs> it's kevin, actually true kevin was um a very very special person but in terms of the history of our band and what we've been through there's a couple key people to me that i don't think we would have gotten as far as we did without the help of these key people and i'm not even going to go through all of them but no Kevin was top three, undoubtedly. Yeah, I definitely. Mean, Kevin first came into our lives when we played a show at a small club in Ventura called Bombay. And I literally got an email from a stranger saying, I love your band. I'm a huge fan. And at the time, that was not an email that we got often. I thought it was and Nickelbees. he said, I want to help you. That's what you. I was going to say. I thought it was Nickelbees. I, I thought also, it was Nickelbees, too. I also thought it was Nickelbees. That's I thought what, it was Nickelbees, too. Oh. Yeah, Nickelbees. Okay, yeah. no, see, I think he saw us at Bombay. And then he introduced himself at Nickelbees. 
because we have, but bottom line is Kevin said, I want to help you guys out. I want to throw you a couple hundred bucks. Now at the time, I mean, we were, we were still, I don't even know if we were drinking yet. We were 20, no, we 19, must have been. 20, 21, probably 21. 21. How crazy is an inflation that 20 years ago, we must have a couple been. hundred bucks so. was like a couple million dollars. Oh, I know. No, but at the time for our God band, the Trump. idea that some stranger wanted to give us a couple hundred dollars. I mean, I remember calling all you guys like, dude, <laughs> I just got an email. I'm pretty sure that Chris has referred to any sum of money as a couple hundred dollars for the last 20 years. <laughs> Good point. Especially because it doesn't matter how much it is. <laughs> yeah. All we ever see of it is a couple hundred dollars. That's true. <laughs> rest of it goes to Just a couple hundred dollars. So it's a couple bucks. A couple, couple bucks. A couple bucks. A couple, couple, couple bucks here and there. Let me get some more iced tea. <laughs> There's a nice tea. Let me get some more iced tea, man. Oh, God. That's a classic, man. Oh, Danny. Remember that? Yeah, yeah Danny, 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 never man, forget Danny, that. Like, we got to say that for another podcast. That's yeah, That's a good story. So, um, Ken, Ooh, that's old school. It, it's... Um, Kevin was such a, uh, so that's how we first met Kevin. And it, it came about that Kevin basically was a, a, a kitchen specialist, a, a construction guy who lived in the city of Ventura. Also the name of his company. The, yep. the kitchen specialist. And he was recently divorced when we met him, if you remember correctly. And Kevin was basically at a period in his life. He was probably in his mid thirties or maybe late thirties, but he just wanted to basically just, I'm changing my life. I want to go have a good time. I want to party. I want to have fun. I just got divorced. He was basically getting ready to start a real wild phase of his life and in some ways we were the conduit to that because we were this young band that was out going to clubs all the time playing local shows always having a good time we were young we were just kind of starting the band and really getting going and Kevin basically came along for the ride with the early years of our band when we really first started touring to the point that Kevin would visit us on the road our very first national tour the motocross tour Kevin came out to one or two dates on that tour um East Coast East Coast. Um, and we went to the dog track, right? Yeah, yeah, we went to a dog track. I think. Yeah. I mean, there's like you have to understand if you're listening to this. Um, you have to understand who Kevin was. So, I'm first, I'm telling you about the influence of him in our life. He went to Japan, our first ever tour to Japan, which was one of our all-time favorite memories. I think together, one of his mm-hmm. personal favorite memories. But it goes beyond that. Kevin was a roommate to some of us. Kai, you lived with Kevin at one point, right? Many times. I twice. Yeah, I lived with him in two houses. Aaron, you lived with him. Owen, you worked for him. He was at yeah, one he point. was my boss. Yeah, I mean kitchen, so kitchen I did work for him. Did work for him too. He would call me up when he needed help. Yeah. Putting so, back together a stereo system I, or whatever. Yeah, totally. I mean, so Kevin literally infiltrated all know. all facets of our life. I mean, he really was somebody that was very, very close to us. It wasn't just uh, a friend. I mean, he was a brother. We saw Kevin at his high points, his low points. We were in foreign countries with Kevin. I mean, we... Kevin was family. I mean, he was absolute 100% family. Um, so with that said, I want to talk about who Kevin was just for the listener. Cause we got to keep in mind, this is for somebody that doesn't necessarily know Moloch K dog. And how KM. do you, ex- how do you explain him? I mean, he was, he was you can't. so much larger yeah. than life. Kevin was larger than life. I think you hit the nail on the head. Here's some characteristics of Kevin. Kevin was initially from Maine. He was a boss from small town Maine. Small town Maine. A East Boston Coast. sports fan maniac. Lived and died for the Patriots and the Red Sox and the Celtics. Had Celtics, Celtics, and New England Patriots tattoos. Yeah. Once and got, the Celtics one's wrong. Yes. Yes. They yeah. like messed up on it. Yeah, Celtics. The Celtics tattoo he got uh, on his leg. Celtics. They, yes. they, the eighties Boston. Boston Celtics logo, the little Irishman with the with the the ball, but the guy that was tattooing it. I mean, if you knew Kevin, it would make sense. I'm sure yeah. it was some back alley tattoo, and the guy made it. It says Celtis. That he forgot the last C. Yeah. So that's 
And why don't you hear Kevin tell the story? He's like, I'm not paying for that shit. That's wrong. And yeah. left. And just yeah. left. So Kevin, Boston sports, not number one, I'm going to say. Number two, a huge music lover. Kevin loved music, but he liked his classic rock. Kevin was a, a diehard Aerosmith expect, Kiss fan. Yeah. Aer- yeah. Yes, Aerosmith. Yeah. And, and he was a little older than us, so that was kind of the period. Kevin was an absolutely gifted shit talker. Kevin could yeah. talk shit. And, First class. And, and Kev, like the high, to an art form. Kevin could go all night insults comebacks of you know just especially if it got into sports or 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 anything anything he would go 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 and he was hilarious in the process i mean to know him truly was to love him kevin was also a gambler kevin was also a gambling addict and and to talk about the darker side of kevin kevin found himself over the years in serious serious financial trouble due to the fact that he was he played the ponies he bet sports <laughs> Vince Vaughn yeah, Vaughn yeah, Swingers yeah, yeah Vince Vaughn Swingers yeah. he was to live with him was also to learn what real bookie flunkies look like because <laughs> these are people that you see in movies but then you realize yeah. wait these people actually exist like people that come knocking on doors <laughs> yeah. looking for money like that's, a, pretty that's sure, a real type of human pretty sure the Russian mob was after him for a while yeah that's true mm-hmm. I mean Kevin would be getting into some mob stuff I mean Kevin had a crazy it, he lived a life of pure insanity Um, and but with that said um, on top of him being a sports fan and a gambler and a music fan he was uh, an incredibly funny guy. I mean, yeah. Kevin was funny. Kevin was impossible to stay mad at. I mean, Kevin, literally, you could be furious with him, and 30 minutes later, you were laughing because he just had that nature about him. He was a people person. He really had so much joy. I mean, I, we saw Kevin at low moments, and he still found a way to bring joy into I was making room. a joke. He could have been a politician in another life. Yeah. Like, he was that kind of charismatic. He only got mad at me one time when I left... $20,000. <laughs> That's what in I cabinet. was thinking I, of. I, yeah, that was such a good When I said that Owen worked for him, I was like, cabinets on yeah. the street. $20,000 in cabinets on a driveway. <laughs> Didn't feel like working that day. He was so <laughs> drove mad home. at you. Yeah. And he showed up to the cabinets like later that night and was pissed. Yeah. It was crazy, but so. but Kevin never got really mad. I mean, that was the extent of it, you know. So the other thing that's about that's what it took. Yeah, that's yeah. what it took. That's also abuse in a nutshell. Kind of makes sense. Home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not working today. Yeah. I'm going home. But but the th- the thing with Kevin is, um, and the reason I think we all cared about him and loved him so much is Kevin had a heart of gold. When Kevin had money and you hung out with Kevin, Kevin covered it. When Kevin always when Kevin saw you little down in the dumps and had some money. Hey, let's go watch a movie. Hey, let's go grab dinner. Kevin loved the high life. Kevin loved a good time, but Kevin was generous. He was generous when he was in a place to do it. And he was very generous with us. Some of the things that he did for us as a band and his people off the top of my head, Kevin no, but not a lot of people know this, but Kevin was the executive producer of Beg, Borrow, Steal. True story. Kevin paid for the recording of that record, and that is the record that got us a small indie deal. That is the record that... In, Angus Cook, huh? Yeah, Angus Cook in Santa Barbara. Kevin paid for the whole thing. It got us a small indie deal. That indie deal led to the Warp Tour. Um, I mean, so many things. The Warp Tour led to meeting Bowling for Soup. Meeting Bowling for Soup led to touring in foreign countries. I mean, Kevin was instrumental in many things. He was always there for us, and Kevin believed and you don't meet a lot of people that really you meet in your life and they actually believe in you if you came to Kevin with an idea that you believed in Kevin had your back I mean Kevin he really loved the band he really was an army of freshman fan and I mean that 
in a in a very passionate way. I mean, he was a fan. I mean, he would go around and tell people about the band. He would rock the band in his car. He would wear the t-shirt. Like he was a, a fan and and he really was there for us a lot. Um again, he fell on some hard times. There was a lot of bad things that happened to him. We had a minor fallout with him at one point um, over a show that he booked. Things got really weird, but we buried the hatchet. Kevin was just a good, I mean, I just you can't say enough about how joyous he was and how good he was to us and so many memories. And we're going to share some of them tonight to let the listener know. Kevin passed away two weeks ago. Kevin had cancer. Kevin had a very extreme form of throat cancer. He beat it. Kevin technically beat cancer but he had radiation which was actually no surprise i think to any of us because again we all assumed he would outlive all of us of course i, mean, I always did <laughs> like, yeah and he and he had uh, it and he beat it he was given a clean bill of health but kevin had chemotherapy extensive kevin had radiation extent the number of radiation that he received different sessions was mind-boggling and the the intensity they did it in a very short order it was the most intensive cancer treatment you can... They said, we're going to bring you to the do. brink of death, and then we're going to bring you back. Um, he technically did beat it. Um, however, he was rocked. And he had moved to Los Angeles, and that's something I think the listener should know. Kevin was not somebody we saw every day anymore. Kevin was somebody that would call. Kevin was somebody that would text. He would constantly call prank calls. But Kevin was a new life in Los Angeles because in many ways, he had a lot of debt, and he had a lot of, I don't want to say enemies, but in some ways, enemies in this area. And he tried to have a fresh start in LA and it worked for a little bit, but along came the cancer, along came some of his gambling addictions, but he was in bad shape in terms of his recovery. And the doctors told him it was going to take a full year from the point he became cancer free before he was okay, but he was sick. He almost died during the period. He had to go in a hospital for a week and he kept a lot of this from us. And even though I was very close to him as, as you guys all were, I don't think he wanted us to know how bad it got. And I don't think he wanted us to know the weird place that he was living and just, he was kind of at a real down yeah, point. I had no idea about his living situation. Nope. Nothing. Kind of a shock. Yeah. I told me I, he yeah. didn't want to bring anybody down with his struggle. Mm -hmm. That's basically what he said to me. That was sounds that, I don't want to like you, you stress you out with my struggle right now. But that's Kevin. That's pretty much yeah. exactly who he is. Though. Yes. He was always Mr. Positive and you know, like Chris, you were saying earlier how, he was one of the first guys to come into the band and kind of, you know, give us money. But more than the money, he gave us like almost this confidence. You know, mm -hmm. he was like an older guy, kind of like an extra parent, you know, that yeah. was like, you guys are great. Go out there and get it. And I I think we needed that as much as the money, mm -hmm. you know, Absolutely. like we're writing songs. We didn't really know what we were doing. And yeah. it was like, oh, I really like that song. And we're like, oh, you do? Great. Just, it you was know, like an older he person. He just kind of gave you a little bit of a boost when you saw yeah. him. Definitely. Yeah, he really the, did. The parental thing is, is 100%. Mm -hmm. I mean, he wasn't old enough to be our parent, but he was like kind of that uncle, that rad uncle. I don't know. It's I a mean, good way was, to put it, like a crazy uncle. And he always yeah. wore these cool hats. And I was like, <laughs> that is true. He did have a, a very wide hat selection. Yeah, he did. And one <laughs> button-down shirt. And he, was he, like, he hit the fedora one thing. One button-down shirt. Yeah. Well, yeah. The sparkle, Charlie, the blue yeah, yeah. one. Charlie Sheen. That's it. Blue, yeah. yeah. Would, What's it called? What's that called? The Charlie Sheen shirt, you know? It it's had on flames Amazon. on it. It's it like certainly had a sheen to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's what's yeah, the name for Kevin was yeah, even, Zeke knows. And it's good to you guys point make a good point about the wardrobe. Kevin in some ways had one foot still in the eighties, because basically he was kind of like a teenager in, in the early eighties. Um but, drove a Camaro. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. He liked <laughs> that that look. Yeah, I definitely drove one time with him in a convertible Corvette that was going 
well over 100 miles an hour, uh-huh. and he was playing Aerosmith louder than anyone should ever listen <laughs> Louder than Aerosmith plays Aerosmith live. <laughs> and that was that right there was Kevin. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I and, think his dinner consisted of Snickers bars, yeah. Cokes, mm-hmm. and the Playboy channel. Yeah, if it wasn't Which Stanley is Lobster. what you would do when your parents were away yeah. and you were 16, yeah. right? You're right. You just hit the yeah. nail on the head. Kevin lived the life so that's of a how si- he, he lived the life of dinner. a 16 year old if they were <laughs> out on their own and, you know, had money. Like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch porno and I'm going to freaking eat Snickers and I'm going to drink Coke at three in the morning. He, and he did fed that his dog cheeseburgers. All the time. Yeah, he yes, fed he his dog cheeseburgers. And, oh, and he had a deep, <laughs> deep love for his dog. Yeah, I mean, he cared and that's how you knew he was a good person. Like, yeah. he took care of that dog like it was his Better child. than himself. Yeah. Better but than himself. The thing is, Kevin, really, really quick to his passing. Um, so he did beat cancer. However, it really ravaged him. He was very weak and he died of natural causes, which is obviously good to know. It wasn't foul play because he lived a life where foul play definitely wouldn't be ruled out, you know? Um, but he was um, at a point in his life where he was trying to get physically strong again from the cancer, but I think his body was so wrecked and he was on so much medication um, that it, whether they haven't determined whether it was a heart attack or a stroke or if it was a combination of the medication that he was on, but I think his body was just too weak to deal with whatever came upon him. And he was found two weeks ago in his bed. And it's been a real interesting and rough and sad and funny in some ways, thinking all the stories two weeks. And I mean, I've been very much involved in it and it's not stuff for the listener, obviously, because we're here to have good times, but it's been strange. You know what I mean? Like it's been, I'm sure we all have just a feeling of shock because I can't believe he's gone. He's just a dude that the phone buzzes at 12 in the morning and he calls me an asshole and he says, go Patriots. It's just, it's, he's just the fact that we'll never see him again is very shocking to me. I mean, I was very, very shocked. You know, it was, it's been difficult. Same. I mean, I, like I said earlier, I really truly thought he was going to outlive me. There was not a doubt in my mind. You have those people occasionally you meet. You're like, you are the craziest motherfucker. I know you're just, you're, you're the rules of life and death don't apply to you. You yeah. live outside of this system. Yeah, he, he really did. And it was just a wild man. And there's so many adventures and Kevin loved to be the center of attention. So that's why we're here tonight to share some Kevin stories with our listeners. Um, hopefully you've got a little background on this crazy, wonderful, joyous, wild, somewhat maybe severely troubled character, but he was just always a burst of energy to know Kevin truly was to love Kevin. And I don't think there's a lot of guys like him. I've been thinking of who else in my life is like Kevin and I can't find it. I can find wild people. I can find people that are in trouble, but I can't find that combination of insanity and joy. And he was also very much a loner because he his, he was very distant from his family, what family he had. He was divorced. He never settled into a real relationship. I mean, one of the things we have to mention with Kevin, Kevin loved the ladies. Uh, Kevin loved <laughs> the ladies. You know, Kevin liked the wilder the situation got with the girls, the more Kevin was into it. He was the a cleaning man. lady. That's a yep. perfect example. Right? Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you know, we'll get into some of those tales, Damn. you know. So that that's that's Damn. that's who Kevin was if you're listening. He was just that I would say you guys somebody said a crazy uncle, great example of, of of the wild brother that always got in trouble, the older brother that some of us never had. Um and just a good friend and family and somebody that we truly loved. I I, I loved him. He was he was a brother to Absolutely. me, you know, and there's yeah. so many experiences and it's pure shock, but let's get down to it because Kevin Mollick's stories and our universe 
in many cases, are legendary. They are the stuff of legend. They for are the sure. stuff of legend. So I just want to take some time and throw out some Kevin stories. Obviously, feel free to chime in at any point. Contribute to. There are so many. You got to understand. This man was constantly gambling. He was constantly um, betting on things. He was constantly pranking. He was a constant state of something was going on. And, and he came on tour with us, which was crazy in itself. But he would disappear. And you'd just be like, how was your <laughs> night last night? Yeah. And then he had like the craziest story that you weren't even there for. So, yeah. And especially because we would stay up late as fuck. We would see him be like, all right, it's 3 a.m. See you later. And then we'd see him again at 9 a.m. in the morning. And he would have lived three lifetimes in those six <laughs> hours. Yeah. It was insane. It was just the best. So I'm I'm, I'm, I'm start um, just to give you an idea of Kevin. The first story I'm going to throw is the Super Bowl story. He is a New, New England Patriot fanatic, fanatic, fanatical. Has a tattoo. Yeah. I was an Eagles fan in a sh- terrible luck of draw of fate. The Eagles and the Patriots are playing in the Super Bowl. This uh, The odds that my like my football arch enemy. The odds that the Philadelphia Eagles would get to a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we are. We're in the Super Bowl. Kevin hit, starts the most incessant, violent. I mean, it's on. It's just on. Night and day, the phone's ringing, filling my voicemail. We'll get to that story, too. But uh, going <laughs> after me, does everything. He's calling where I worked and saying, hey, it's uh, Tom Brady, you know, and then on the Salzers, <laughs> like, Chris, Tom Brady's on the phone. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like just incessant <laughs> attack and the bet because we have that. to have a bet. We, we have that. to have a bet. The bet becomes this. The winner will don the other... No, no. The loser. The loser will don the other team's jersey and go on stage at Bombay and sing We Are the Champions jersey. on Super Bowl, not weeks later. That imme- night. Yeah. Immediately after the bowl, in the car, <laughs> on the way to Bombers, right? Because they had Sunday night karaoke. You know where this is going. The Patriots won. I lost. I begged him to let me out of it. Like, uh-uh, CJ, bet's a bet. I'm in the back of the Trans Am. He's hammered. <laughs> yeah. He's raging Aerosmith. Just like you said, like, like at this point, like, I'm buzzed. He's and like, you know he's playing f- just for that situation. Dude looks like a lady. Yeah. <laughs> jersey goes on. I have to stand on stage in a Patriots jersey after they just beat my Eagles in front of a packed Bombay's sing We Are the Champions, like the most soulless rendition you've ever heard in your life. Fucking Kevin just got this huge shit-eating grin on his face. He's taking pictures. He's oh on God. stage. He's asking the person to turn the, the, the phone up. You know, I mean, it was just, that was just remarkable. But that was Kevin's vengeance in terms of that. Um, it's, a, it's a safe story. But you guys want to throw any others out? I have tons more if you want me to keep going. So many. Uh, I mean, I'll go with, it was sort of a running story. But as I mentioned, lived with him for a long time. And as he was going into his sort of sexual revolution, I mean, I think he brought, as much as we brought him into his divorced revolution, he brought us into our 20s, to, you know, in You're a right. similar way. Yeah. And I lived with him. And first time I'd, I'd lived with my parents, and then I'd moved out with a girlfriend. And then this was like my time to like, all right, so it's just me and Kevin living in a house. And I would come home no matter what time of day anytime if he was not home the tv would be on he always had big screen tv and it would be the playboy channel Uh and he would just leave it on and it was sort of this thing of like man kevin really cares like (laughs) but then inevitably what would happen is i'd come home and be like well and i'd text him like kevin when are you gonna be home 30 minutes i'm definitely jerking off (laughs) so that became this thing of like now every time i come home I have to plan my night. I have to give myself like an hour because I'm going to go home and I'm 
absolutely going to jerk off because Playboy Channel is going to be on. They're going to have to get in the And so it became like, basically, he, he changed my entire routine of my day because mm-hmm. then it got to where I would wake up and it would be on. I would just get nothing done. <laughs> he, I mean, you know. To, one thing done. To, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was just pretty much jerking off and showering. Now, you, you may think that that story is, is, is exaggerated. But it's not. Not one, at all. One time, I came by to see Kevin and I walked the door is open not always unlocked. was always the unlocked. door is is it's open <laughs> kevin kevin walking around the house and you probably live with them at the time no one's home no one's home and in the living room loud as balls <laughs> is a porno just raging so i'm literally saying if you were a neighbor and you had a child you just hear loud ass sex Which actually and he had existed. a sound system he had a he had nothing in the house but a chair a tv and a huge sound system it's raging porno and nobody's home and the door's open so you know i'm gonna sit down for a second and watch porno you know what I mean? and then all of a sudden it's like man it's pretty intense porno i was like damn and then next thing you know there i am in my homie's house alone with the front door locked jerking off to a porno <laughs> because like, oh. right so 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 you locked the door yeah, yeah i did lock the door okay i, I just just getting clarification yeah. of that so i'm sitting there and all of a sudden boom 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 on the door and all of a sudden it's Malik's voice you spanking the monkey in there ain't you cj <laughs> you know what I mean? and i'm like no come on i hop up and grab the door and fucking <laughs> molly starts fucking trying to touch the bone he's like let me see that boner cj and i'm running around the house is Moloch's trying to touch my bone dude um now keep in mind it was it was in my pants you know we we have a friend that's a a, a fellow musician and will not name names just in case but came you know when you're on tour you need a place to crash crashed our house now, this is a fairly and if you listen to this podcast you know who this musician absolutely is. yeah and and you know needed to crash no problem come crash the house crash the house and uh, you know he's sleeping on the couch. We all go to sleep late. Malik wakes up early. Malik wakes up and he's getting ready to leave to go to work. And happens to notice that there's a stranger on the couch. He doesn't give a shit. He assumes it's somebody we know. So what does he do? Turns on the Playboy channel <laughs> and leaves, just like a little like l- little porno fair. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome to our world. Yeah. And so this friend of ours wakes up and he told me this later that day he woke up and he's just like wakes up to the sound of fucking yeah. and he looks up and there's just fucking on the tv and guess what happened he jerked <laughs> off <laughs> and then like felt ashamed i'm like why this is just what happens in this house this is just yeah this it, is just living it was Kevin. a den of pornography yeah i mean malik had no reading material except for pornos <laughs> and he bought pornos like i'm a mags like mags are kind of gone now malik would always have a fucking you know stack of jug right on the fucking toilet next like, to it next to his pile of magnums yeah <laughs> oh, but he always and malik always thought he could imprint malik was a white guy but he always thought he could impress babes if he had magnum condoms. So he was always kind of just accidentally dropping well, his, his, his a pack of mags, you know, <laughs> as if some random girl in a coffee shop is going to be like, wow, this guy's Whoa. got this huge dick. He was constantly pulling them out and dropping them. At, like every time he saw a hot chick, it was like a pickup move. He always had a box of magnums. He'd dude. leave them around the house all the time. Yeah. He'd leave them and he would fuck with me. He'd put them in my room. I'd come home and there'd be, you know, I'd like pull back the sheet. And there'd be a Magnum like rapper, yeah, and like motherfucker, <laughs> all the time. We're like in in your wallet, <laughs> always. Just... Pa- and there's no way he needed Magnums, but he was always packing well, but, a but box he, of Mags. He learned the trick that Magnums just give you extra length. So uh. like, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was just just wild like that. I mean, us left gifted can still can still enjoy the Magnum. <laughs> a, f- a, few, <laughs> a few, a few, and I, I, we've all kind of been there off and on. And again, these stories that we're telling, are, some of these are very very old. I mean, we were kids, but man, to go to a strip club with Kevin when he was flush was an experience that I think everybody, every red blooded American male needs at one point <laughs> because strip club was almost like a, a church for him. It was a it was a place of great understanding and peace. I mean, and he just loved strip clubs. Tell you how many times I heard him say, hey, Dan, let's just go get some titties bouncing off our foreheads. Like all the time. He was like, let's just go to the rhino. You're right. I mean, and he and Kevin had catchphrases. We don't think about people in your life that have catchphrases. Titties bouncing off your forehead. It was an actual catchphrase. All the time. He would drop it all the time. Some other Kevin catchphrases. um, uh, CJ on the answer machine. CJ, you antisocial motherfucker. I mean, every time I didn't pick up, I was an antisocial motherfucker. Um, uh, you know, you got to give the monkey a peanut every once in a while or he won't play with you. That was a classic. You can't stop a child. You can only hope to contain him. I mean, there were so many lines that were just Kevin, you know, and he had a thick, if you're listening to this, he had a thick Boston accent. That's what you have to understand. So did you and you guys do a good Boston accent? I, I mean, nope. nope. Yeah, but it was, it was my I, brother, my yeah, brother, my brother. That was it. My brother. My brother. All the, that was quintessential. That, that was my brother. Every, it wasn't brother. It was like my, my brother, you know, yeah. my brother, let's go get some titties bouncing off our forehead. We got to give the monkey a peanut, you know, like he was, he was lyrical in how he spoke. He really was hilarious like that. So, um, again, so Kevin with the ladies, absolutely crazy. Now let's talk about pranks. Kevin <laughs> was a guy, a gifted pranker. Kevin enjoyed a prank he so did, much. We we were his match there. Yeah. He we, finally with us. We yeah. Got him. We yeah. so many times. Got, we we took him down. But he would take all six of us on. And that's what, very fucking true. To me, one of the great prank stories was we were going somewhere all in a van and I don't remember where we we're going, but Kevin was fucking with us and leaving voicemails, like leaving a message to each of us. Like, if this is the story, I think it is. We were coming back from Bakersfield. Okay. Playing at Jerry's. Okay. And I think we we're going to play well, in LA. I think we we're staying at a hotel or something. I don't know, remember why, but we're shooting a video or something. And so this is what happens. It's a classic. We decide we're going to fucking get Kevin and we're going to fill his voicemail. What was happening is he was calling and none of us would pick up. And so we did the thing of like, nobody answer, nobody answer. So he left really long messages on it. He just kept calling around the horn on all of us. Yeah. So he knew we we're all together in the van. So we said, we're going to get him and we are going to call him until we fill his voicemail. So all six of us, like a mission, we're just in the van. Because what happens is one person's calling and when the rest of us would call, it would go straight to voicemail yeah. for most of you us. You got to understand kids. This is back in the 2000s, yeah, early yeah. 2000s when you just called and got voicemail yeah exactly so we were calling kevin and at first kevin didn't know what was going on he'd, he'd answer owen like hey what's up and Owen'd be like yeah bitch hang up and then all of a sudden the phone <laughs> ring would be damn like your little pussy hang up and then so meanwhile we, the other four of us are leaving voicemails so it's exactly that so his phone starts getting the voicemail so it dawns on him what's happening so essentially he tries to he, he mounts a defense of trying to take all the calls so we can't leave the voicemail so what you're hearing in the course of the six conversations in the van like mike you little bitch fuck you you know like you know fuck you son of a bitch little bitch like it just keeps going so he's trying to take all the calls as fast as we're trying to leave them so it's just getting crazy and we're going and we're going forever i mean it took a long time it took and, almost the entire yeah, way back he, home and from he Los fought the whole time like deleting he, voicemails he, and shit deleting voicemails
voicemails, answering calls. You're just hearing little bits like, I got him, you little bitch. You know, and he hang up <laughs> the next one. He's like, fuck you. So the phones are just flying. Like we probably jacked up AT&T's system there for like a short amount of time. And then finally, I think it was Dan. Dan calls Kevin and instead of getting, this is Kevin Mollick, he gets... This voicemail's Phil. The van <laughs> explodes. We finally did it. We jammed his phone and we totally filled it with just messages. Like he got like ten thousand like little bitch messages because they were quick. We just kept going. That was my all time favorites with Kevin getting them. That was a good one. Do you guys have any other good Kevin pranks? So what was there the, was the great. What was the baby powder in Japan? Oh, oh so good. There Legendary. was the great prank war. Of 2003. Was that with Bowling for Soup, though? No. 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 This was is this was, this before su- That's before no. Soup. This was before. Okay. That was great, too. This was for pretty, another time. This was, poop this, in the bucket. One of the funniest things of all time. This was like the triple A ball for that fucking. One of, the, <laughs> one of the hardest times I've ever laughed in my whole life. <laughs> too, to, this, to this day. Watching I, Tony I, try to shit in that bucket. Dude, hotel security. <laughs> Hilarious. Hotel security was called. I love the, this. That was in Japan. Yeah. Hotel security was called. It was a different trip. so nice. Like, please, please, you must be quiet. Like, you don't understand. Our body's gonna shit on our body. You want to see this? Like screaming with laughter, screaming with laughter. I pooped in an ice bucket that night. (laughs) Tony Gatone fucking spreading his cheeks, saying like, "You gotta do this for America. You gotta do this for America." Trying to psych himself up. Okay, so back to the first prank war. So the yeah, uh, we are in Japan. We are in Japan playing a massive festival that we probably shouldn't be on, and as happy as we've ever been in our life. Yes. Yes, probably. I don't know if I've ever been happier since, to be honest. I mean, it was that kind probably of probably the best week of my life. I've yeah. said heaven. That's true. If there is a heaven and it's one week of your life, send me there. Just again and again and again and again. And every night I get to groundhog. Just to watch Kai adventure. fall right on stage with the bass. It was amazing. I've got that video if you want to watch it over and over again. Okay, so go to the prank where we bring so, Kevin. We, we bring We Kevin. invite him because he us. had done so much yeah, for so, us. Yeah. It's us. <laughs> <laughs> It's us, the six of us. It is Kevin, and it is our manager at the time, David Samudis. And so we're rooming two by two. And of course, David Samudis and Kevin Mollick are sharing a room because we have to put the older guys together. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't know what we think we're going to get up to, but we assume like they're old and they need to go to sleep early. Couldn't be further from the truth. Boy, were we wrong. So night one, Kevin begins a prank war somehow. He tries something. And mm-hmm. I, do you remember what it was that he tried to do that started it? He it started- was a pillow with baby powder in the pillow so that when you when he hit us- no, Wait, he did that? No, you're thinking of the, no, no, the, no, 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 no. the pillow fight in the no, 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 no. Living End Tour. That's the no. living end. I'm talking about what thing. started. He did something There's like so many pranks. I think what yeah. he did is he got he he went and got a new key to our room to one of our rooms so that we couldn't get in. Like those, yeah, it was like the a, lock. I think it was a, my key got stolen. So, so and so we couldn't get into our rooms late at night. I feel something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we finally figured out, and like the next morning he comes and tells us what happened. And we're like, okay, cool, that's really funny, ha ha ha. And then we all like, hey guys, let's go meet in the room over here really quick. Uh, so we meet in the room. We're like, all right, this motherfucker is going down. So we proceed to. <laughs> just every second of every day fuck with him he goes out one time he and David go out for a little while we go in there and it's like late at night we turn the heater up in the room to the, the highest heater. setting we that. turn the heater up to the highest possible setting so that when they come in they it, they it, it's it's I mean we're, we know we're going to be gone at this point for hours five hours six hours eight hours ten hours we come back and there it has been on to the maximum heat yeah. for that long I mean it's it's 
unwalkable. Like it's it's fucked. But then we come up with the coup de gras of pranks of Best how to prank. get him. But there was a second round. Okay. Then he gets he does something to us that's like still kind of weak. He's still trying to figure this game out. I think maybe he puts our switches our doors around so that it says like come make up the room and we're trying to sleep and they come wake it up. So then what we do is we go in and we break into his room with they left fruit baskets in all our rooms. Yes. So we all put on robes. Yes. We kick, we go get a key to his room and we open up the door and we run in with fruit and we assault yes. them with yeah. fruit. Keep in mind, this is a really posh hotel but really in yes. Tokyo. But we're in, we're in Kimonos. Is this the David Beckham Hotel? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is the nicest hotel in Tokyo. I mean, if, if you can imagine six of us walk, running in a single file line with fruit in Kimonos in a nice <laughs> hotel on a mission, people are staring at us like, you can't make that up. I, I still mean, have that kimono. Yeah. And do you no, really? I do. I took it home. Not only that, but as we're throwing these fruit, we're not like, it's like we're throwing like apples. We're throwing things that are exploding grapes all the berries all over the walls grapes. berry stains all over the walls all over the white everything's white because it's a modern fancy and white yeah and it is just oh we brutalize that room so then he does something else tries to get back really just his his efforts he, he was out of his comfort zone and we were we were taking it to the next level we get into the final phase which is Chris? Yeah, so we I don't remember who came up with it. God bless him. It was a great just idea, but we decide Kevin's going to be out late partying all night drinking as we all were. Someone is going to sneak into the room and in this on a totally white bed, white sheets, white pillows. Because we still had the key to his room because what he didn't know about the heater and how we got in to, to hit him with the fruit is we got an extra key to his room so we could get into his room at any time. Oh, and he had no idea. So fun. So we decided to cover. Someone came up with the idea to cover both pillows completely with the thickest amount of talcum powder we possibly could. Two but inches perfect. thick. Like Again, white sheets, thick. white everything. Two inches thick and cleaning it up. I remember Owen actually on the edges just making sure there's no evidence. You have no idea. Yeah. It is perfectly situation Close on this pillow. Close encounters <laughs> yeah. style. Because yeah. we know that Kevin is a nosediver when we've seen him before go in the hotel room and he does the fall flat on his face thing. So fucking we do that and we like went back to our rooms, went to sleep and Malik on cue, comes in, hammered shit face, takes his shirt off, he goes in the bed, he stands at the top of the bed, and we knew he flopped. He tells us he always did that. He flops face first into that. Boom! Massive dust cloud. He is literally laying on the bed covered in fucking dust. Isn't and there a picture? Yes, but we're yes not, there is. We're not there. We're not in the there. room. We're not there. He we're comes to our door. Yeah. And... <laughs> Doesn't clean himself. Yeah, yeah. And just knocks and opens it. And yeah. he's just and he's white covered in white, and all it is is two eyes. <laughs> and he just said, "You got me good, brother." You yeah. Got me good. <laughs> and to There's his a credit, picture of it. And he took yeah. a picture. When it happened, the first his instinct wasn't it, it to get pissed off. It was to just exactly that. He With picked a flip, up a camera. Flip phone. No, it was something. a camera. No, no, it was, oh, a, it was a, a disposable a camera. Film I camera. remember we like printed the picture out. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. A disposable it was camera, and he just selfied himself before selfies with his camera. Yeah, I mean, he covered. He took that prank, but I mean, he went down like a cannon because he was completely covered. I mean, he said he ate. Yeah. And powder and went choked. up his nose yeah. and he <laughs> choked on the powder. Like, like, hawk, and the hawk thing up is some he was powder cob. Imagine you know? how scary that would be if you're hammered and you just hit your pill and all of a sudden can't breathe. <laughs> you know? In a foreign land. Is this anthrax? <laughs> yeah. uh, that is one of the all time greats. Was Samudis there when that happened? Like, next to him? I don't remember. 
he must have already been asleep in the other bed because he would go to sleep early. <laughs> but but so the next one I want to tell is also Japan. Um, but here's the thing about Kevin. Kevin was always about an adventure. Kevin always yeah. wanted to go out. Kevin always wanted to have an adventure. He almost he had ADD. I don't think there was any doubt about it. He constantly. He also understood like we were still like oh man sleep so important he was like fuck sleep like why he got it so when we got to japan it was a very long story how we got there and how we got the flight diverted and the whole nine yards we got there we were so tired i mean we were dead and i believe we were playing the next night so we were very very concerned about jet lag we wanted to be awesome we had a show immediately yeah, and then like we a had a show. whole day of sound check, and that's when this occurs. Yeah. There's a day of sound check, and then this it's a massive festival. You get a whole day of sound check, and then you have two days in a row of the festival in two cities. Yeah. So we were so scared. But was that the, bad or was that the Good Charlotte show? No, we it was know after we, the Good we, Charlotte. We rolled show. in. Yeah, you're right. It was because the Good Charlotte, Good Charlotte show. We flew show was in first. the day of because yeah. we missed our flight. We were supposed to go in a day early. We missed it. We flew in essentially. Got there. We had a couple of hours to sleep. You couldn't sleep, and a couple. You guys went to like the mall. The rest of us slept for a couple oh, hours. And that yeah. mistaken for Good Charlotte. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, that's, that's a great story. And then we all went back and had the, like it was the best. Yeah, it, but we. Um, so, so, so anyway, we had a couple hours yeah. and we had a show. Then we had to fly back across Japan to get to this other city for a sound check day. So at this point, we've been up for probably three days. We are That wasn't where we missed, where the plane got rerouted and we stayed, was it? Yes. Okay. It, was, it wasn't we, our fault. So we didn't miss our flight. We just, okay. we just got really grounded. Quick, so what's yeah, yeah, yeah. We fly LA to Tokyo and then Tokyo straight, uh, we take a, a hopper to Sapporo, which is a very northern island off the coast of uh, of Japan. Very, Be- very beautiful, beautiful place. And so we, we have a show the next day in Sapporo. We get there and there's a massive storm and the plane cannot land. It circles for probably an hour. Oh, it was a long time. And it time. circles and circles yeah. and circles. They're like, sorry, we can't. We have to go back to Tokyo. So Remember we go back. delicious soup they used to have? Yep. Yeah. On the plane? Like, more soup, more soup. Oh, yeah. So we go back to Tokyo. We land in Tokyo and we sleep in in a a hotel attached to the airport because they're like first thing in the morning we're going to fly you guys back so now we wake up we get no sleep that night wake up get on the plane early a couple hours later get on the plane we finally land in Sapporo but we now are in Sapporo at like noon and we have a sound checks for a massive show where it's just us opening for Good Charlotte no 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 they're well, opening us. for us yeah, that's like true. we played after that's, that. true. that's true and that, we were that freaking out that everyone was gonna leave that is and true you have to understand if you're listening to this Good Charlotte was one of the biggest bands in, this in the world this was 2003 they were yes. they had they were on the cover of Rolling Stone that week that's I mean, also we true. were playing with the band but to, to fast forward yeah. basically so it's a massive show yeah. in, in this we, northern part. We play this massive show. The next day, we, warm up we have to get on a plane. We're exhausted. We're dead. Yeah. We're wiped out. And there's a pre-party for the huge, huge, huge festival. And we're so excited to be part of this and be the, with all you, these yeah, big we, bands. We fly from support. We, so we play that show. We all go back. We sleep for a few hours. We fly back to um, Osaka, where the first day is. And we have a whole day of sound check. And then the pre-party. The, so there's a pre-party. Because the whole day of sound check, and pre-party. We, and, and then and the rock, next rock. day is the we, first day rock, of the Rock, rock. Yeah, we are so tired collectively oh, yeah nobody went to it the whole this is, i didn't go this, either couple, uh, kevin went didn't he? this is the story the whole we're in the middle so of the story where have you been? yeah yeah so what happened true to form true to form all of us are <laughs> I, I just thought we were off on the most <laughs> insane tangent we're like yeah. let's talk about a whole japanese tour. <laughs> well, it was yeah. it was pretty kai amazing had to set it like, up. Kai, was, kai was going through the itinerary yeah, i was trying to explain how fucking tired i'm really impressed at how much you remember though yeah no kidding i just remember eating crepes body slamming boobsy that's it yeah that's a good timeline so anyway that was a different tour yeah yeah, okay, point, I'm worse than you, bro. Point, <laughs> bro. Hey, bro. Point hey, bro. of this story is we are exhausted, and all of us collectively three days say, no sleep. We are no sleep. We are dead. We all we just want to go to sleep. Want to go to sleep. But we did hear there was a pre party. Now these other bands hadn't played the warm up show that we did, so they're not exhausted like us. 
Kevin, understanding probably as an older guy, which we probably understand now, but that like this is a moment that you don't want to miss. We're gonna there's all these huge artists. Yeah, all there's going a bar. To a all bar. the bands are going, and it's open bar. Open bar, and on top of it, these I mean these are superstars. I mean we're unknown. We are the smallest act on this festival, and they're superstars. Second stars. smallest. Rocket Summer. Okay, fair enough. Um, so we get to the um, so we go to sleep. We're asleep, and we slept. I remember it was a sleep of death. I remember we all woke up and we had all slept for 12 hours and we yep. felt great. Meanwhile, Kevin, all by himself in Japan, decides, I'm not missing that fucking party. Fuck these guys. I'm going. He tries to wake us up to his credit. He, he did. Every he one did. of us. I remember Goldie and I were sharing a room and going and opening up and being like, Kevin, fuck no, I'm sleeping, man. Goldie, you want, and Goldie's like, oh, fuck no, hell, absolutely not. We go right back to sleep. Pitch black rooms there too. Pitch back ones. Great sleep. Kevin goes, and the next morning we meet down to get ready to go over to the venue for this day of great sound check or whatever it may be. And Kevin um, is just on cloud nine. And he basically begins to tell us that he decided to go on his own, found the place. He hopped in the car with somebody that I think was... No, here's, here's what I remember, and you can continue okay. the story. And tell me if I'm wrong. He was wearing an Alkaline Trio shirt. No, this yeah. is a great part of the story. And then meets, happens to bump into Matt Skiba, who says, hey, nice shirt. You're an American. What are you doing? Like, let's go to this fucking rock rock no, club. No, he says, nice shirt. He meets Matt Skiba. And keep in mind, you got to understand, if you're listening to this, we had just getting kind of going, and we are freaking out that we're playing with Trio and AFI and Sum 41 and yeah. Blink and Good Charlotte and all this stuff. So, um, you know, we want to meet all these bands. We want to make friends with these bands. And we're asleep. And there's Moloch, who doesn't know anything about these bands. <laughs> Literally wearing he, an Alcantara shirt and Matt Skiba is but talking. he went I, yeah. to Hot <laughs> Topic and bought a couple shirts of the bands on the event so he would fit in because he didn't know anything about them. And he comes from the era where you wear the band's shirt to the show. Yes. So he's rocking a trio shirt and he is talking to Matt Skiba of Alkaline Trio. Not realizing he's in Alkaline Trio. No, no clue. No. No idea who Skiba is. Skiba goes, oh, you like those guys? This is true. You like yeah. those guys? Monk says, eh, I ain't never heard of them. I just bought it at Hot Topic because I wanted to fit in. Skiba, <laughs> to Skiba's everlasting Outstanding credit, gentleman. thinks it's hilarious. And actually, and that was Kevin. Kevin yeah. would fuck yeah, up. Yeah. But he just, Skiba couldn't believe that somebody went to so the mall. Yeah. Yeah, it was so real and so honest. Real. He was exactly. like, dude, we got to hang out. So I believe he got in the cab. He is now in the car with the guy's shirt that he's wearing that he had no idea who he's now broing down with. And they go to this bar and Kevin proceeds. And I'm not exaggerating when I say this. He said that that was one of the best nights of his entire life. Yeah. Kevin is hanging out with full-fledged rock stars. Derek from Sum 41 has Kevin on the top of a bar, and he's pouring freaking vodka shots down his throat. Kevin's broing with Trio. Kevin's broing with Sum 41 because Kevin could talk. I mean, he could. you could really become... A, he was fearless. He would walk up to somebody famous and be like, I'm Kevin Mock. He also didn't out. know who the fuck these people were, so to him, it didn't, didn't, matter. Yeah, it didn't yeah. matter. Well, it kind of created our follow-up for the following nights because we had kind of an in to be hanging with these people so yes yeah, so now you know in I mean? some ways kevin is <laughs> introducing us to these dudes which is the exact opposite i remember being horrified i remember hearing the story at the time me just wanting to bro with everybody i'm like what have you done because he was running around screaming army of freshmen like we were the rolling stones like i'm with army of freshmen motherfuckers you know so <laughs> and you know kevin would exaggerate 
he would lie and he would tell people I'm their manager I'm the whatever he needed to say and uh, he ended up having the best time he was hanging with all these rock stars he had a blast he had the greatest night ever and we brought him to Japan and meanwhile he's having the best time ever and we're all conked out asleep and he talked about that night for 20 for years and years and years you know and that was classic Kevin though he would get in an adventure by himself and come back with an amazing story and he would bro down with people Leading that story to another one, how about Joey Lawrence? Oh, That's my God. I forgot That's about that. Kevin became... Forget about that one as well. Kevin launched... Kevin always had a scheme. Kevin always had a plan. Kevin always had some crazy thing he was working on. Kevin becomes somehow connected or friends with Joey Lawrence. We're talking Blossom Joey Lawrence. He was just on Dancing with the Stars. And Kevin basically gets with Joey. And Kevin just tells Joey, I am going to executive produce slash pay for slash pay for a record. Joey's going to get back into the music business with a freaking record. And Kevin is going to run the whole thing. And Kevin's going to make a fortune with Joey Lawrence. He's going to make a fortune. This is his next fortune. He's going to make it in the music business being Joey Lawrence's manager, producer, whatever. His next fortune also finally being his first fortune. Exactly. Because everything was always falling apart. But because Kevin was so positive and that happy guy we were talking about, Joey kind of like attached himself to him for a bit. Yeah. And he like bought into Kevin's idea and was like, you know, Kevin can talk something up and get you fucking excited so Joey, for stuff. Like Steve Jobs. He yeah. totally Status. did it with him. Like we saw it. We yeah. Went to, so what happened was like, we Kevin, Kevin, stretch, Kevin asked me and Aaron oh. to produce the record and meet Joey Lawrence. We don't even believe that he knows him. And the scene cuts and there is me, Aaron, Kevin and Joey Lawrence having lunch at some really posh place talking about Joey Lawrence's record. So now Aaron and I are trying to like, oh shit, we got it. This is real. You know, we went to a studio and had a writing session with Joey Lawrence and Joey Lawrence liked the song that we wrote for him and said, let's do this. Kevin was I still have that on my computer. Yeah, Kev- <laughs> him singing that song. Kevin was working on the deal. Kevin was full on had financing for it. It was going to be big. It was like it was a, a fat chunk of change. You know, it was going to be a real push, a publicist, a record. And he had some guy that basically scammed him. Kevin scammed a couple people. He had a dude that basically was promising this whole project. And it turns out the dude was like a crook and disappeared at the last minute. Joey was calling Kevin. Is this happening? Aaron and I were booking studio time. Aaron and I are pigs and shit because we think we're going to get paid too. We think we're finally going to get a real payday to produce a record. Did I demo that for him to show him the song? No, but the vocals. Did I do the demo for... It's entirely possible. Probably. Like it was a swing song, right? Like a sw- kind of mou- buble uh, yeah, thing. Yeah, it's possible. And uh, the whole thing <laughs> fell apart. And Weird. and Joey Lawrence basically told Kevin in no uncertain terms, "You wasted all this Leave time. Me Leave me Good alone. Sir. Fuck off." And the I always thought that would make a great movie. That whole story, you know, this down on his luck kind of gambler guy gets his semi-famous dude to commit to this project. But Kevin had it. If if that guy would have came through with the money, and that was the thing, Kevin was always one deal, one phone call away from the big time. If Kevin would have scored that, he would have produced a Joey Lawrence record and he was ready to go on the ride and he was going to make Joey Lawrence a superstar and and it was real it was all real it wasn't like he just made the name up we were there working with him I mean Kevin could pull some and you know to his credit he could pull some crazy feats off he would occasionally bump into something really wild and amazing why do you think you're so furious about 
the cabinets in the driveway because he was going to funnel that money through whatever scheme he had. You know? Oh, <laughs> absolutely. I don't want to lose $20,000 in cabinets. Absolutely. I gotta throw to Joey Lawrence, you know. Joey Lawrence, totally. Um, I, I I got another one for you. Um, how about? Um, I don't know if you guys are here for this, but we we're in Vegas. We were playing with Bowling for Soup, and we had a bunch of friends come out. It's big. We we're Get Happy Tour. That was a hell of a line. That sound was absolute garbage at that show, but boy, was that a fun night. What a fun night. Kevin, basically, that's his playground. Kevin, Vegas and Kevin were interlocked. Vegas was heaven to Kevin because he was actually a great poker player. He was not somebody that played poker. He was a fairly high-level guy that actually played in major competitions and whatnot. I mean, he really studied it like an art. That's how we met a lot of those, you know celebrities if yes you will, too. yeah a lot of underground poker like, games poker game playing with vince vaughn or you know he all and that he, he become friends with some of these people yeah. and get invited to crazy parties and call me and take pictures with all these people he's meeting he was so good at that camaraderie he was great he really he could found a way to connect with you he was such a kind guy but he was all he was playing all night with bowling for soup slamming vodka crayons kevin loved vodka crayons. all he drank was the cape, cape cod cods that cape was cod. his jam slamming vodka crayons he's at a table with bowling for soup who are actually really good poker players and blackjack and 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 they're killing it i mean him and jared are going back and forth and they're killing it they're doing they're funny dudes they're shit talkers like the same they're 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 loving it they're totally hitting off with kevin everybody's rocking and somehow kevin finds his way to a bowling alley and i may have been a little earlier in the night and he's there and i'm there and there's a bunch of people and kevin is making crazy bets with people he's drunk people are taking tons of money from kevin they're taking i mean missy made a fortune missy can actually bowl our hairdresser missy he was betting round after round, strike after strike. Kevin literally... And oh, she's a hell of a bowler. She still talks about that. Hundreds of dollars that Kevin is just literally losing. $50 hands, $50 hands. Kevin is hammered. He can't throw a strike. He's throwing it in the gutter every time. Jared got paid on that, I think, too. He, he was like throwing money at everybody. Yeah, yeah, it was wild. I cruise up and he's like, CJ! He's like, we're making bets. Come on over here. Fucking... Fat Smolik, right? I come in. I was his mark. He's hammered as shit. He's <laughs> lost hundreds of dollars, and everyone's like, "Yo, Chris, Kevin's literally betting." I was like, a lot. It was like twenty-five bucks, fifty bucks, a hundred bucks on a hand of of he can hit a strike, and they're like, he's literally thrown. 20 gutter balls. It was crazy money. He had a lot of money. He came out there flush. I mean, literally. Probably all part of his plan. Missy made like 300 bucks. Jarrett came up, hustled him out of a couple bucks, you know. I mean, hustle in a good way. And he was, yeah, yeah, no. I mean, he was having fun. He was was loving it. He was loving it. He was the center of attention. I was just sitting there drinking. He was just like center of attention, buying everything. I come up and I was just, I was the mark. I cruise up and he's like, CJ, I've been looking for you all night, my brother. And probably his plan the whole time. I'm going to bet you 100 Hundred dollars that I can throw a strike on my next roll. And keep in mind, him at that moment, a hundred dollars to him was significantly less money than a hundred dollars was to you. <laughs> you got to understand that was the equivalent, of like literally, that was almost a week's pay for you. It was like a thousand. It would be like a thousand bucks now. You know, a crazy amount of money. I'm like, oh my god! Everybody's like, Chris, go for it, go for it. Kevin's got that wild look in his eye, like he knows something, because he had a shit-eating grin. Yep. He just knew something, and everybody's like, "Dude, look, look! I got two hundred dollars here, man." Kevin just bet me four times in a row. He can't throw a strike. He's hammered. Look at him, right? Drinks everywhere, <laughs> just out of kingpin. And I said, I said, hundred bucks right now. I throw a strike on my next roll. I'm like, deal. I'm like, this is dope. I'm gonna make a hundred bucks. It's tour money. I know it's probably yeah. like you know all my money for the night. Kevin goes over to the machine, hits a button, boom, 
I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> All of a sudden, Kevin hit the kitty bumpers. The kitty bumpers so you can't throw a gutter ball. And they wind in so every, like they go in so there's no, it's like literally all you have to do is and throw a ramp. the damn mall. And yeah, there's a ramp. And Kevin turns to me and smiles because I'm just like, son of a bitch. Kevin has bet me $100 he can throw a strike. He has just missed 100 straight strikes. Gotcha. He has put okay. the bumpers on. He turns around with that shitty and grin yeah. and is like, this one's for you, CJ. Fucking turns with kitty bumpers <laughs> throws the ball right down the middle fucking strike i lose a hundred bucks the place is exploded everybody's watching it that's how crazy Talking he about cost the hardest like- i've ever laughed in my life that was one of those moments. He paid like 700 bucks just to humiliate just to you. Yeah. 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 He, spent, he spent hundreds of dollars to miss all those strikes. So when I come up, he hits the kitty bumpers and I bet him a hundred bucks. I mean, he was just wild like that. I mean, just such a great one. Um, I got a good one for you guys. How about the time he almost got our, our roadie Bobby to eat a hot dog bun full of dog shit? Yeah. Who was there at my apartment? Oh, I was for there. That? I was you were not there. there for that. Uh, Bobby was hammered. He drank pee though. He, was that Kevin? No, Kev- that was. Is this the same was night Renus. that he ate crickets? Like that whole cricket? Night. Okay, same night. So Renus did the pee, didn't he? So no, Bobby drank. No, that was a way different. Drank, that was in the van. Like oh, okay. Renus just, just, just drank pee. This was a fresh one for no money. He's like, fuck it, I'll just drank it. No, it was ten dollars. We should have Skype. We should have Skype in and everybody for ten dollars. That would have been amazing. You know what I remember? And was like, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> kind of, like, well, of course he's gonna say that remember the nickname that we had for like a half a day yeah. and he got penis. on penis it was straight from the penis renus <laughs> <laughs> oh so fucking anyway That's bobby is up. at this party and bobby's hammering a man when bobby and that, gets hammered and, that, and this was bob very young young bobby young, bobby. young and hungry needed and, money and bobby he was broke yeah. and he was hammered and he was at this party and Malik is doing these crazy bets with and we bobby. were all pretty fucking hammered that was a pretty drunk bobby. bobby's taking him bobby i think it was like a sip of pee or something like that and yeah then he had was, a sip of pee in it was like we made a whiskey and coke and put like a little bit of pee in it <laughs> and and there was a very we had to like barter over the amount of pee Sorry, and, and we definitely put a little extra in yeah which is bobby then, find out if he hears this <laughs> then <laughs> he, he doesn't listen then he I, I ate crickets a dozen crickets a dozen crickets my collected crickets no we bought them from a pets or somebody yeah, yeah. so so it was a it was a freshman ho- uh, holiday party yeah and we were all brought gag gifts and troy right. our videographer oh, brought the, right. the foam lizard on a fucking li- on, a, right. on a leash but he brought live crickets and that was the gag and those are the crickets that bobby nice job, dan i yeah, totally forgot great. about that he eats the crickets there. and then Malik then goes to like defcon 5 and goes <laughs> as heavy as he can and he's like and bobby eats the crickets and then immediately bobby immediately pukes up. yeah he understandably pee and crickets in in chris's car park there is a puddle and it's like not vomit <laughs> because he doesn't have anything else in his stomach it's just like pee whiskey and crickets <laughs> Pisky. and like you know cricket pieces but there is also the twitching cricket yeah a live cricket the and then so and this uh, is not an exaggeration and Kevin it sees how drunk dramatic. he is and realizes I'm going for the gusto yeah. and he's like Bobby my brother 
I'll give you. I forget what, what's the price. And it was a low amount of money. It was like it was like fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. I'll give you fifty dollars cash money right now. Because he did all the rest of that for like ten. And we had some food there. He's like, if you eat this hot dog bun filled with this dog turd, and then he fucking takes the bun, picks up the turd, huge fucking turd. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And and Bobby's like, I'll do it. Right. It's true. And every, now at this point, everybody in my house is filing out because Bobby's about to eat shit, and everybody needs to see. <laughs> Literally. And this is also like, but this is also kind of the point where some of the people start to be like, this is This is up. too much. This like, is not okay. You guys are crossing lines here. The neighbor comes out like, hey, I heard somebody's going to eat shit. Like, everybody's like now surrounding him like a fucking gang fight, right? And Bobby's got this fucking turd bun and he's staring at it, like trying to psych himself up. And he's staring and he's going to eat and we're freaking out. Bobby's going to eat a fucking, uh, Bobby's going to eat a fucking hot dog bun full of shit. And I have this burnt into my psyche. Moloch, just that little devil voice of his <laughs> with the biggest shit-eating grin ever, leans into the no circle. People are cheering. People are fucking going nuts. Bobby's psyching himself up and he's like, Moloch leans in and fucking over his shoulder goes, it is your destiny, my brother, to eat that shit burger. <laughs> just, he is fucking dead serious. Like he's speaking deep. There. It is Bobby's destiny to eat the shit burger, right? Like he's his Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah, like totally. Whispering in his and ear. Bobby literally brings it up to his mouth. People are fucking holding their guts. People are like ready to fucking throw up. And, he, and Bobby stopped right there and he said, I can't do it, Malik. I can't do it. No, and I mean, when, when Bobby says some craziest things drunk and he, it was so gnarly that even in the drunkest Bobby he can get was like too much. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what's great is Kevin talked about that for years, not days, not weeks for years. He would bring up, remember that night I almost got Bobby to eat that shit hot dog. I mean, literally he was so proud of the fact that he almost pulled that off. I mean, he just thought that was amazing. You know, another great prank at Kevin. You have to understand Kevin and Aaron can chime in on this. And so can Owen because they spent a lot of time with him. Kevin basically had a sidekick who was an alcoholic and, and he lived in Kevin's garage. His name was Roscoe. He was a good guy, but guys, if you're listening to this, we're talking a legitimate man who was drinking himself to death, who was almost like a hobo. But Kevin, he is- would have been homeless if it were not for Kevin. Correct. And Which shows Kevin's heart that Kevin yes. took him in. Now, Kevin used him for a lot of projects because he was a gifted he carpenter. He was a savant with wood. Yeah. But he was a stone cold, blathering, out of control drunk. And Aaron, he lived with you for a long time. Yeah. He lived with me for like five years. Yeah, Kevin was really good to him. In your garage. He took care of him. Yeah, he lived in my garage. But yeah. Kevin loved nothing more than playing a plank prank on Roscoe. And one night, it's around the 4th of July, and Roscoe <laughs> is passed out, hammered, dead drunk in the shed. The shed. Not the garage. The shed that he lived in. And Moloch just gets this look on his face. He's like, I got a good one for you, brother. And everyone's partying. I think at your house, you live with at the time. Everybody's in the front yard. And Moloch fucking takes a fucking rack of firecrackers and he lights all the firecrackers. (laughs) He opens fucking Roscoe's shed door. Roscoe is passed out dead drunk. He fucking throws the firecrackers in and he yells, incoming! And he (laughs) slams the shed door. You hear a grown man scream like, and then fucking the door opens and fucking Roscoe covered in hair, dead drunk in his tidy whiteies falls out, smoke pours and he drops on the ground. 
Kevin screamed with such violent laughter. I literally thought he was going to have a heart attack right there. I mean, the fact that Roscoe emerged in a cloud of smoke like a fucking action movie in his tidy white. He even. There's no way those whiteys were still tidy. The tidy whiteys. Roscoe probably thought he was being bombed. He probably literally thought that like a bomb had dropped in his shed. I mean, Kevin loved those pranks, man. Absolutely. Just just adored him so much. I mean, that was one of my favorite ones. Guys, we're, we're getting close to the end here. Um, I want to tell one of the all-time great controversies with Kevin. The transsexual oh, incident. Boy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was this was also when we filled up his mailbox. We did it again this night okay. on the way home from Los Angeles. How did he meet the woman slash man in question? We were playing okay, in so Los Angeles. We play. We were playing at the El Rey, I no, believe. No, no, no. We're uh, playing the at the Knitting, knitting Factory. Knitting Factory. Knitting That's right. Factory. We're playing the Knitting Factory. Finally remembered a show. Kevin, <laughs> Kevin is having fun. We play. We are not the headliners. And he decides, I'm going to go over to the Viper. I think we play with Weedus. It was, the pop, it was that pop explosion thing. We did. Whatever that was. IPO? IPO. Well, it was either it was either Weedus. The it International was the, Pop Overthrow. Yeah, yeah. It was either. <laughs> we got bumped on that a few times. Right, IPO, baby. It was either Weedus, IPO, or Suburban Legends because we it only played the there three one, times. Legends one. So I think it was the Legends one as well. And, and hopefully if you're listening to this, we've set the type of character at this point yeah. that Kevin was. So we... <laughs> Are hanging out. Kevin has a few drinks at the knitting, the old knitting factory, and decides he, that the party's kind of winding down. It's at a rock show. He wants to like it's in Hollywood. By and the way, and same thing. He's like, "There's a bunch of kids here. Like, he wants to find some like you know older cougars. So he goes fucking cougar hunting. He's in Hollywood. So he goes to the Viper Room. And that's right. He went to another club. So he leaves yeah. us and we're, he's like, you guys will come pick me up. We're like, yeah, Kevin, we'll come pick you up. No worries. When we're done, we're still at the show. Yeah, we're still at the show. Like, we'll come pick you up in a couple hours. So we get out and we call him and he's not answering his phone. We're like, Kevin, where the fuck are you? Now we're trying to call him like, Kevin, pick up your fucking phone, texting him. What, what, what's going on? Finally, he calls us back. I'm at the Viper Room. Come to parties here. Like, you know, all the ladies, whatever. We're like, didn't he say I met a girl? And so we're like, cool. Yeah, okay, cool. So we go down there. We get to the Viper room, calling him. He's not answering his phone. We, he needs a ride home. We're worried about yeah, him. He's, he's our friend. Hammered, he's so hammered. He's gonna, yeah. We're, we're going to drive him home. So we go there. We get out. No one is talking. No one can find him. He's not answering his phone. So somebody goes in the Viper room. Like, hey, I just got to get my buddy out. He's in there. He's a fucking hammered. Okay, cool. They let him in. Goes in. Comes back out. Moloch's not in there. What the fuck's going on? Like, I don't know. Fuck it. Let's just go so as we start to leave he calls and he's like brother i'm at a motel on sunset santa monica Hollywood. no it was sunset on it was sunset boulevard because i pass by there all the time i okay. know exactly where okay. it is so we're like okay we need to go down sunset boulevard to get to the freeway anyway from the viper room but we knew he was with the girl somehow i don't remember yeah how. that's what well all he told us and then at this point he's like i'm with this lady and we're so so uh, we're no it was he was by himself we, no, he, I mean, I think Armand was there. In the van with him? The Viper yeah, Room? Was Satellite playing there, maybe? Or no, I think he came to do sound for us. It's possible. At the Knitting Factory, like some one-off. And because he remembers that night. Like, oh, I, interesting. I, I don't know, interesting side No, note. it definitely seems possible. Because a bunch of people came out. We, we had a bunch of homies so cruise up for that. Our show. friend so, is drunk, and he's at a bizarre hotel. But we, he, And he can't tell any, us we, the name of it. He just says, I'm on Sunset. He's that drunk. I'm on Sunset. But he's like, like, I'm with this girl. I'm with this girl. She's hot as hell. I'm with this girl. Like he, We knew yeah. he was with a girl. So yeah. we're like, but he wanted to get picked up. Yeah, and he says, I'm, but that's exactly that. Okay, here, here's what. So we... 
We find it. We figure it out. We're like, okay, he's telling us, I'm on sunset. Can you see a street sign? Walk to the nearest street sign. He tells us where it is. We're like, okay, we know where you are. It's way to the freeway. But he has met a woman at Viper Room. Yes. And he has gone to a motel with this woman. It's never clear if he's met her there, but we just assume he had met her there. Yes, but he is at a motel with With a a woman. woman. And what you do late at night at a motel with a woman on Sunset Boulevard is... Where you can get hourly motels. We assume he met uh, uh, potentially a a lady of the night. Yes. Or or a scandalous (laughs) girl. Not potentially. (laughs) We're going street walking. Yeah, it seems quite likely. Tacos. (laughs) And dirt. So we we start driving down and we're like we're cruising down and we're talking to him and he's calling us and nothing's making sense and we're getting okay we see this hotel we see it we see it and we're like there's Malik there's a lady there's a hot lady wait a second is is we that get a lady? closer and somebody says that's a fucking dude <laughs> so, and this wasn't one of and, those like the the transsexuals that has gone the full route this is sort of the half-assed and, and, street walker. And she, is, she is holding yeah. on to him. I mean, they are cuddled up and he is hammered. Now, at this point, you have to understand, hopefully you, you've got the fact that we live in a constant world of pranks and jokes with this guy and he's a very close friend. The van explodes. I mean, it was it, sil- was, it was dead silence <laughs> and then explosion. An explosion. I mean, you know, one of those la- van laughs that only happens when you're on the road. Guys are beating the window. People are screaming. I mean, people want to throw up. Like, there is our buddy basically curling up with what potentially may be a, a, a like dude. begging him to stay. Yeah. yeah. So we she's roll like, up. Keep in mind, we also on Sunset Boulevard just pull up onto the side of the road with the flashers on and open up van doors. So, and again, they're still conscious there's one or two people like it's a girl it's a girl it's just a manly looking mm, girl that was no, an there's, Adam's there's, apple. there's one person and he can't defend himself <laughs> yeah. any longer so <laughs> I so somebody swings the door open keep in mind this girl is guy girl guy is shocked a, a white van has just slammed right in front of her pulled on the brakes and literally like a fucking movie three or four of us reach out and we and we don't just ask him him to come in we grab him we rip roll school we rip him into the van meanwhile the potential prostitute transsexual maybe man thinks that this dude she just picked up who she may have hung out with in the hotel room she literally thinks he is being kidnapped she has no idea he can't even speak he's like so she literally thinks i picked this guy up at the viper room and now he's being abducted so she grabs on to kevin baby don't go with them don't go with them get in that van i can't get in that the fact you remember that is amazing it's all coming back to me she's saying baby no don't go with them like so jerk to it so yeah and i think i think i think (laughs) i think think bobby was with us i have a distinct memory he he absolutely was because i can tell you why this story gets thicker we're we're pulling pulling him right and we're pulling him in this dude girl is pulling him out baby don't go with them like she thinks he's getting kidnapped malik doesn't know what's happening he's getting drugged in and like fucking Bobby goes get off him dude <laughs> fucking we start we let go of him cause we're laughing so hard that Bobby called the potential dude a dude fucking we're dying dying one of the funniest things get off him dude so fucking Malik kind of looks up like dude like yeah. Malik is just totally doesn't know what happened we go the fight continues we are literally fighting for our buddy with a, 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 a 
transsexual street walker on Sunset Boulevard. Fucking people are looking like, what the fuck's going on here? We rip him in. And he fucking falls back. He falls in the van. We slam the door. Hit it. We hit it. We fire off. We're like, Malik, what the fuck? We're screaming. You got to understand the insanity. We're probably half hammered. We're screaming. We're laughing. And like, Malik's laying. He's laying. If you remember, he's laying on the thing. He's laying. He's like, you see how hot that chick was? (laughs) And then we blow up. Like, it was a fucking guy. He's like, oh, no, 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 no. So um, for weeks we go after him with joke after joke. No, no, not even the end of that story. That's not the end of the story. Forever we went after him about that, by the way. And he hated it. He got really mad at me. That's the only time he got angry. Because I believe the gentleman or woman was Native American. She had a very distinct kind of Native American look. So I'll never forget we were ripping on him at a party and it was the only time he got pissed because he was a a heterosexual guy. He's not a guy that, you know... He's from the Pacific North... uh, Sorry, Eastern... Like the Northeast. He's from like, you know, Northeast grew up in the 70s. wasn't his thing. He wasn't yeah, very yeah. liberal like that. He wasn't mean to anybody. He was a very he's old self. Didn't give a north. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he didn't like that joke. And it's just like Charles the America. So I'm at a party one day. He's like, that didn't happen. That's bullshit. I'm sick of you telling that story. You really got mad. He's like, the only time I've ever been mad at you, CJ, but I'm sick of hearing that shit. I'm done. He was with the Hershons who were like adult friends of his, you know? So we all sit back and uh, I'm like, Malik, he's eating nachos. And I just go, Hey, can you pass those nachos, Kimosabi? And he <laughs> fucking freaks out, gets up, yells at me, tramps out of the house, dude. The whole house blew up, dude. I just dropped the pass the nachos, Kimosabi. He just couldn't handle it, dude. It was it's one of the great Malik moments of all time. And we filled his voice box. So what happens is then we have him in the van, and we realize we're, we start to drive away toward the freeway, and he's like, "My truck, my truck," and we That's realize. Right. Your fucking truck is here. And none of us want to drive back to Los Angeles the next day. He and I are living together. I'm in no condition to drive. So what we decide is, all right, we figure out who's going to drive our van. I don't remember who it was. And Bobby's going to drive his truck. So Bobby, like a champion, decides to take the Moloch hammered in his own truck. So we're following, and we're following the truck, thinking like, just in case some shit, the truck was not registered. This was a thing. There was no <laughs> registration on the truck. Right. So we have to follow behind it on he the He never freeway. had registration or ever. Yeah. On anything. And he always had a different car, like every other day. So every we had to time. follow it closely behind with the van, just in case a cop came, so they would look at the van and pass on and not look at the truck that we're kind of not tailing, but following. And it gets off in the valley and gets off into like, and we're like, so we call Bobby, what the fuck's going on? He's like, Malik needs Carl's Jr. He sees a Carl's, he needs Carl's Jr. (laughs) But whatever you guys want, it's on him. So we're like, awesome. They order whatever they're going to order. We order a van full and we go wild because it's late. We're all half drunk and we're Carl's. (laughs) We get up, they get up to the window. They're in front of us. Malik goes to pull out his wallet. And this is where the story gets thicker because all of a sudden he was like, I had a, it's like six hundred dollars cash here, brother. His wallet is empty, empty that. of money. Yeah, totally. All of it went to that 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 lady of the night that character. Lee. She robbed him. Yeah. So we end up having to then pay for all of the food, and we, we, ordered, and we ordered so, so much. much, way more than we would have. So we get it, and then the best part is, as we driving us, we're still following him on the freeway. Now we're back on the freeway. We're all fucking pissed off because we had to buy this shit, Carl's Jr. Bobby's trying to eat his burger, trying to get Malik home. Malk, we can see Malik in the truck flailing around. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, 
a fucking hamburger comes flying out <laughs> of the truck, smacks our window. We're like, what the fuck is that? That was really crazy. Uh, Two minutes later, second hamburger out the window. <laughs> so apparently what Bobby says is Moloch ordered a bunch of food and it Bobby's food and he just started deciding he was going to throw it out the van, realizing we were so close, it was going to hit our van. <laughs> God, I mean, so we decided to fill up his voicemail box, which we do <laughs> successfully that time with much less effort. You know, so ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. There's some of the stories just like, and and you have to understand to know Kevin, he would want these stories told. Kevin loved to be the center of attention. He loved his legendary adventures, the good ones, the bad ones, the ugly ones. He was always about a great, great story. And I mean, he had a lot of highs in his life. He had some lows, um, but uh, he was always very, 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 very much there for us. I mean, he was absolutely family and just talking tonight, all so many memories, this floodgate back and we could go on. I mean, this is just the tip of the iceberg. These stories that we're telling are just ones that are coming to us off the top of our head. There's so many more and so many great victories and he was there for us in a lot of our good times and and bad times and he was just a real, real, real special, special person and he will absolutely be missed. But we wanted to share these stories that so his legacy could live on because it's truly the type of thing that he would want. I mean, he would love nothing more to be sitting right here telling these stories given his take i mean and it's a shame he's not you know absolutely yeah so guys any any last thoughts on kevin before we close down uh this this memorial tribute podcast to uh, our good friend kevin mollick I, nah. I think we nailed it yeah yeah he will certainly certainly be missed good good guy and mm-hmm. definitely one of the closest people to us that i think we've ever lost in terms of the band and the relationship, you know? So Kevin, wherever you are, wherever you may be, um, we will keep your memory alive. There's absolutely no doubt about it. As long as we're around, your stories will live on forever because you are just a real special person. So that's uh, why we're here today. And uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, We really, really, really do appreciate you listening to us tell these stories about our friend. It's very, for me, it's definitely a, it's a feel good thing getting these stories out and talking about him because it's been, it's been a rough two weeks everything that's gone down so uh it's been really nice we're gonna have a little party for him we're gonna go out one night and, and celebrate and do it kevin style and i'm sure we'll have some great stories that night as well we'll know. throw some cheeseburgers yeah <laughs> throw some get some titties on the forehead throw some burgers yeah yeah anti-social motherfucker so um you know in, in lieu of this tribute episode dan um uh, I think we, we're not going to cue any bossa nova tonight. We'll just... I'm not going to cue the bossa nova, my brother? Yeah. Oh, that's good, though. Yeah, let's let, let's do it. Let's do it. You want to you take us All out? Right. And hey, guys, really quick, thanks for joining Dan and Yeah, I. thanks it's for nice coming along, dude. See all you guys. And uh, we have a big anniversary coming up next year. Maybe some things will happen. Maybe some things won't. Who knows? We shall see. We shall see. Because the problem is going to be is everyone's going to hit us up on Twitter and say, how'd you get all the guys together and not talk about doing some shows? So It's not about that. It's not about that. It's, it's about, about your friends. Yes. Yeah, so we will be back to talk about that we stuff. We do this the all the future. time anyway. There's just mics this time. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's very true. Very true. All right, Dan, in, in tribute of our, our brother, Kevin Mollick. Cue the bossa nova, my brother. <laughs>